You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. We got a bit of a special one for you today here at Noise Extra. We're doing a different style episode today. Tara and I had planned on cleaning our studio, reorganizing, and we had the idea, hey, why don't we do an episode while we do it and discuss studio essentials, noise studio essentials, and really set it up so that Gray and Tara can just mock and make fun of me for what a slob I am with chords <laughs> and learn how to do things the right way and see how to do things the wrong way so that you are less like me and more like Gray and Tara. Well, I think it's part of your charm, Mike, is like the the immediacy that you use when you're crafting your studio setup, your sound, uh, all designs. I, I, I think that, you know, for those of us like me and Gray who may obsess over details and kind of go slower and just when something's not perfect, do nothing. You're like moving through, plug it through. Let's Absolutely. make it happen. We're Absolutely. We're going to record whatever. We're going to chuck it back in the room and yep. make a giant mess and have every cable be in one giant ball at the end of the day. So be it. Exactly. And for the extra segment today for the patrons, it is going to be a video. Tara and I already recorded the before video, so we are going to do a after video and push them together so you can see the progress that we made today. Now, it's up to you if you want to go watch the first half of the video now, pause it and then come back and listen to the episode, <laughs> then watch the end result, or you can listen, I think watch everything, however you want to do, it's fine, but the extra segment is a video today, and as we are going to be moving around and shuffling around and moving things, this may be uh, an odd audio episode as far as there might be, uh, might hit a mic here and there. And I don't mean me. Well, Tara might hit me. That's a good chance oh, that she I'm might hit me. But I could. So just, now, just a heads up for all that. But I think it's going to be a fun, different episode and a look into the chaos of a noise studio, especially one that resides in a kitchen in a small Hollywood apartment. So. Well, it's a, it's a, a, what a kitchen nook, a breakfast nook as they call it. Uh, and that is what, where we, our studio resides. Uh, and so throughout this, you know, we're going to be bumping into each other. We're going to be tripping over things. And that when you're in a small space, uh, that is another reason you need to keep cables off the floor and keep everything tidy because in a small space, a little bit of mess like takes up everything. It's overwhelming. Now, Gray, you just recently did a studio reorganization. How far did you get? And what were some of the things that you want to change about the way you set things up? And did you find any new setups or styles that you are are now going to stick to with your studio? Yeah, listeners may have noted I, I moved part of the chondritic stuff into an office and that gave me a lot more room in my studio to have it be studio instead of office slash studio. Now the office also has studio components. There's a big text task, task misking desk set of monitors, some gear already there. I share it with another person and they've got a bunch of gear there. So it also operates as studio. We can make a lot of noise there, which is really nice, but primarily separate office space. 
which also meant taking a lot of shelving out. So one of the big hurdles was I pulled out like three big shelves and a folding table out of my space. And I don't, there was stuff on there that, that stayed here, but doesn't have a place to go now because there's no shelf for it. Right. So that was part of the issue that I'm still sort of dealing with. And, you know, my, I appreciate the praise of being organized and whatever with my stuff, but it is like half and half. It's parts. I have a cable hanger and I keep my cables on it. And most of my synths have like a place they live. Most of my setup is immobile. There's two eight U racks that carry a lot of my processing gear. There's a 16 channel mixer. There's some synths sitting on that. There's a mini keyboard on that. And then there's another sort of a frame keyboard stand with a bunch of my synths on it. The MS 20 CS 15 SH 101 uh, profit and some monitors in that area. So that stuff's kind of static, but like everything, you know, you I'm using a drum machine or I'm using some pedals and then I need to move them out of the way to solder something, whatever. That stuff gets put like in front of another keyboard or on top of something. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, using a bunch of cables and then you need to switch over to a different project or something else comes up and you throw them in a box. So I will go through that stuff probably fairly regularly and organize it just when watching TV or, or listening to something. I'll just sit there and like pull apart everything and rewrap it, which is a good habit to get into. So things aren't total chaos. Well, you're a tote guy. I love that you have totes, Gray, that you keep things, you know, semi wrangled with. Yeah. I mean, like the mobile noise extra setup goes in a tote and the zoom is in a hard case. Right. So I can take that out and we can do recordings. It's got cables, mics, whatever in it. And that tote has a couple pockets so I can sort of organize things a little bit easier in terms of, okay, the power goes into the battery goes in here. These cables go in here. The microphones go right here. So a little bit easier to organize. We we actually throw everything under an old TV stand. Exactly. So part of our goal today (laughs) is to maybe even totally get rid of that stand. But I'll tell you one thing, we're a hundred percent moving out of the studio. And I think we should just start with it because I'm excited to get this thing out of there. There's no reason for it to be here. We have on our on a table that has our monitors on there because when we record, we generally record. Yep. Well, if we don't record directly to a tape deck, we record into the laptop that we're using to record this episode. But prior to that, we had a computer that no longer is in use. And it's just been sitting there with the Sound of Sadism hoodie covering it so that we're still full of inspiration. We're just looking at the Sound of Sadism logo. You're like, oh, what a cool hoodie hanger. What but is I'm that? telling you That's what, Tara, I, I'm going to take these headphones off and do I'm going to well, start moving why don't that I, computer. I, why don't I take the computer? You want to do it? You can talk. I will do it. And I, I will say I love those uh, rocket monitors, though, because oh, classic. Uh, I like that they're open. I feel like I should take the computer. You away. know what? Go for it's it. probably wisdom. And... Tara is going to now move to take the computer off. And what's crazy about this is the amount of crap that is behind the computer and just mountains of garbage. So, okay. I just, I I can't hear anybody on my headphones on, but I just found a pack of watercolor crayons and four lighters. Hey, (laughs) why not? Why not? We're going to find some stuff that is, we, I know we have some, you know, plenty of flyers, Plenty of mailers, you know, oh, got that mailer, that that address you want to remember. 
best place to put those is just under a bunch of other things that you'll totally forget, never remember to look for until about two years later you find it. Now, Tara, be very careful. She is moving the computer out of the studio. Oh, my God. Oh, it's it is an absolute mess. Great. I'm going to go ahead and grab the phone, which we are recording over. And I want to show you the sure. mess. OK, so here we go. Oh, great. Grabbing this now, I'm pulling it over here. So, Gray, check out this. Now, can you see? Can you can you see what a mess this is? Yes. Yeah, that's total chaos. What? Why? Hey, Gray, you remember this this doll head that we let that dog eat one time? That? I don't know why we kept that. Here's, here's some special interests. Oh, here's some. yeah. See, here's some mailers. Oh, I'm a, we, we might want to we might want to remember that address. Oh, good. A bunch of blue ribbon. Oh, wait. Why you can't hear me. A bunch of blue ribbon. Yeah. I, I forgot that they couldn't hear me, but yeah. That's okay. Like we said, this I, I might found be a strange... A, I found a doll head from, from a few Thanksgivings ago where a, a dog chewed it up. Uh, so while Tara tears apart the computer setup, Connolly, yeah. Tara, Tara mentioned the rockets. Now, yes. as long as I've known you, you've been an amp guy. When did you... We're talking about essentials to things you need in your studio. Yeah. When did you get monitors? Was that the first pair of monitors you got? Absolutely. It was when we started clay rendering, we got a great pair of monitors for recording. And these are the class, you know, classics. So many people have these and so many, it's just having that great clear monitor sound. So these are all probably a little over 10 years old and yeah, it's true. We do have four amps in here uh, and do use those uh, or at least the jazz chorus, but the monitors have, it just, you know, it, you're actually the ability to hear the, the way something's supposed to sound. You know, it's it's a great thing to finally have. Yeah, I hey. used to have a 600 watt amp and two giant electro voice cabinets that weighed about 90 to 100 pounds each in my studio, like in this house that you've been to. But right. I got really sick of that and got rid of those. I picked up some... My first like proper pair of monitors was some JBL LSR 305s, which are still in my right studio on. right now. And those work fine for doing podcast mixing and other stuff at my computer. I have a really cheap little pair of PreSonus uh, 3.5 inch speakers. They're just sort of better, better than computer speaker speakers, but they're not yeah. great. But they're here and and they do the, the trick. And then at this, the office slash studio space there's a pair of yamaha hs7s and i believe incoming uh my office partner has a pair of hs8s so nice. might have a couple sets of monitors there and of course there's a bunch of amps there because he has a band so there's amps and guitars and stuff uh, kind of do you lining the walls. record what do you record via, with headphones ever because that's actually a new thing that we started doing and and have enjoyed it I was a headphone recorder for ever. All, all the other high mind stuff, everything was really a lot of headphones. The earliest stuff I did, like experimenting, was of course on the stereo. But then once I right. would was relegated to a basement, you know, you out of an amp, you're not hearing what the recording sounds like. You're hearing the color of the amp, unless you're recording right. the amp or whatever, right? Right, exactly. Now Tara's getting tangled up here, so go ahead and take your headphones off. There, she's doing a great job. We are. Already making progress here. She's <laughs> taking this garbage, but you wouldn't know it because it is just an absolute mess on this table. And oh. even even having this table, it, 
you know, you. Well, that's how this all started is I was like, why do we have this table? Like we have one side of the room where we have nowhere to place anything. And then there's this other side of the room where this table is just covered in garbage. And now I just want to explain the mess that I've been trying to. I don't know what I'm caught on. Oh, I'm caught on. So now somehow I'm caught on the headphone mic. This See, you know, see, this you know is the problem. Go, Tara is, is literally, everything's falling right now. Well, look, We're trying it's like to, when you go into a black hole. Do you know yeah. what that's called? That when you're at the event horizon and you pass it, it's called spaghettification. Yeah. And all of these cables have achieved complete spaghettification. They are bonkers. They are ridiculous. Yeah. I can't tell what cable is what. I would say there's probably, look at this, Gray. There's like 10 cables. I don't know. I found an external hard drive. I found like weird you know, eighth inch cables like twisted up with, I don't know. I don't know where any of this stuff goes. This is wild. So my suggestion for that. Yeah. Yes. Please I, put on a movie that, you know, maybe sleepaway camp, sleepaway camp. Oh two, yeah. Uh, Friday five, something you've seen, you know, enough times, a put million on a movie times and put the cables between you on the couch and just unwrangle them. Like that's, a, that's if you get a some good free, idea. If you get whatever it, it will make a big difference and you don't have to sit there and spend dedicated time doing it. You can kind of do something you enjoy or watch or listen to something you enjoy. Otherwise, because yeah, that's a good idea. And I know how those cable balls go and they are a nightmare. So I, years ago I had a too many cables, which is uh-huh. a crazy thing, but it's totally very, very possible. Uh, I think all of us know. And there's also, we talk about the, the cable tester. <laughs> yeah. And so going through and testing your cables and making sure that you don't have crap cables sitting around or cables where you're like, oh, I'll fix that one of these days. It's still kind of good. You got to totally. just toss it or identify that it's a problem and fix it. But don't just hang right, on you to You did have too cables. many cables. I've seen your cables. There's no one human who needs that many cables. Until you need them. There's also a back closet full of cables that are individually wrapped and in Ziploc bags. If they're small cables, they're in with like cables, but it's power supplies that are labeled. That's another big thing. I bought like one of those cheap Dymo brother type labelers and you mm-hmm. get a new power supply, put what it's for on it. Just put Dude, it on it. We've, we literally need that because that is brilliant. I have ha- so many of those. Yeah. And we had that three problem. prong power power supplies. You don't want we to have that problem last week. I'm getting old. My eyesight's getting bad. Some of these things they print it in the tiniest font possible. So or it's in, tiny. It's in like mm-hmm. debossed plastic. You know, you're trying to read like, Dude. Uh, is this tip positive or tip negative? How many, how many volts and and amps is this? Like, I hate that. So label it. Even if it's with a piece of tape, you don't have a fancy labeler. Put a piece of tape on it. Put a sticker on it. Write on it. Put a piece of mailing label on it. Whatever it is, label your power supplies. If they work for multiple things, if you're like, oh, this is just like a, yeah. you know, this will work for all my whatever Behringer sensor. This works for my Nord, whatever it is, like write that on it and you'll know when you go looking for it, especially if you have five of the same kind of thing, but you're never sure which one is which. Dude, the, ab, I am brilliant. Absolutely going to do that because we last week we ran into this issue with the power supply and not un- not knowing which one to go, and then you don't want to accidentally, you know, blow up something by putting in the wrong thing. Now, you recently got a power supply piece of gear. Is that correct? Oh, one of my new favorite things. These are on Amazon for cheap. There's a there's a knockoff brand 
called Kaleen, C-A-L-I-N-E. They they make like a 10-band EQ I think I've talked about on the podcast or at least on Trashware before. And they make, you know, cheap delay distortion pedals. They're one of the budget pedal brands like Moore or Donner or any of those things. Sort of contemporary version of Dan Electro. Not even though those are a little more stylized and whatever. They just, you need a, you need a noise gate. You just go get a Kayleen thing. You need a whatever. You can just buy a cheap thing, test it out. They're like, there's stuff that's like 20 bucks. They're really cheap. But they make, if you look uh, for guitar pedal power or power Kayleen power supply, I got the CP4, which has 10 outputs at DC. It takes an 18 volt input and it puts out four 100 milliamp nine volt signals three 300 milliamp one 500 milliamp and then it has a, a 300 milliamp 12 volt dc output and a 100 milliamp 18 volt output and it has a usb on it so so you just set for if you're setting up a pedal chain or something instead of using those daisy chains always go bad on me i don't know how many always. daisy chains i have where like one of the things gets a little wonky and then you have to like hang it right wrap put it under something so it doesn't get bumped kind of thing where that that particular one will cause an issue so this comes with like 10 cables plus an inverter plus uh one of the adapters to go to the old style dod things the little headphone eighth inch jack type power and they're like 30 bucks so that has saved me i mean i think a one spot costs 20 bucks <laughs> you know dude yeah i th- well, we absolutely need to grab one of those now i got a question go ahead uh, in terms of studio priorities functionality gray where do you think fedex kinko's receipts kind of rank because i just found a bunch i got yeah, a big you, stack you need to have those in your studio you right just a those? pile of is them? it essential no, I see a to have a pile. up there i would get a folder oh. and put all of my label related business receipts in that oh. well oh, you, do we do go we ahead these? and open that cabinet there tara and you can show gray that we absolutely have our initiation and the other one too oh yeah all so that can, all these boxes here contain our our paper it's initiations. Pretty, it's you can see good. it's just you, open it up. Can and you see what it, the it's about as organized as the studio area? Essential exactly. pornography. So yeah, so we do have more, boxes more. of that in those cabinets. But yes, that's even another situation that probably needs to get. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna need to keep. I'm getting rid of these FedEx receipts. We can start afresh. We'll get a binder. We that's think why that, you have you know, them all. Somebody's you have gonna them need all to like, I have them, them all digitally because I don't even print them out usually anymore because you just get. Well, them. then why'd you put them behind the computer? Yeah, because huh? they just ended up there. You know what are you gonna do? Like you, I got all that. You got all that info. It's like when the the gas oh, pump asks you if you want a copy of your receipts. Like, no, I don't. I don't need this. It's right, I can just look at it and take a screenshot. Yeah. Oh yeah, I spent forty five dollars on gas. Great. <laughs> so now do. Oh, of CDRs, yay! Yeah, there's a spindle of CDRs there. A Ricola from five years ago. Do you? Th- how important is a Ricola from five years ago to your <laughs> studio, Greg? You know, you might need it if we're podcasting and you get a little hoarse. You might actually want to pop See? that Ricola in, unless it's gone gummy. You know how they start to get soft. Yeah, yeah. that one looked a little milky. Yeah, to you toss you toss yeah. that. You toss the soft ones. I don't. I don't know the shelf life of a Ricola. Now, how many really cool how many Severin and Intervision stickers do you think are needed to to have a proper studio? Yeah, your guys' place is just full of full of stuff in there, isn't it? Got, <laughs> we, this is why we're sticker. doing this. This is beyond. So yes, we have. So, oh, we have a mouse that I didn't know we had. <laughs> Not a live mouse, but like a mouse for that computer. 
Yeah, we have our we have back is missing. We we put a lot of our flyers up on the fridge and stickers. What we do too is if we don't put them on, slap them on a water bottle, slap them on something. I actually because stick because I don't sometimes I don't want to commit. I I tape stickers onto things. You've seen that. You've seen me do that on DJ Night. I put a sticker on the laptop, yep. but I just tape it on there. It's not actually stuck. <laughs> I, on I will say here because because it's like, well, what if I want something else, or what if I want to put that somewhere else? I don't know. So a lot of stickers are actually taped onto things. And I yeah. and I do want to give an actual hot tip, and that is, I know Mike doesn't know which way to go. I wish this was a video so you could see how we're all crammed in here. But um, I have this little box. And and for the history of our relationship, mine and Mike's, I if I find like a, a an adapter, a quarter inch connector, anything, any small thing like this, I put it in that box. And Gray, how many times are you like, oh, I need this? I always have them because it goes in one box. Yeah, I so I have two of those boxes for Just little adapters, things like this, short yes. cables, little guys like that. There's it's like. You need RCA to quarter inch, uh, stereo to mono adapters. Yep. Quarter inch to eighth inch adapters, eighth inch to quarter inch adapters, though, like the weird reverse one, you know, with the, the jack on it. Um, mm-hmm. Headphone adapters, any of that stuff goes in a, sort of a tackle box type thing. You can get them at the dollar store. I have nicer tackle box type things now for a lot of my components for Vernon Weapons stuff. But the I have these two green ones where if I'm looking for something, it's in there. I used to keep SD cards in there until I got a dedicated SD card wallet thing to keep them all in because you have so many. You don't want them just floating around. But I think one of those things is really important. The other day I needed a headphone adapter and I was freaking out like where the hell. And I'm like, oh, wait, I have a I have a place for these. I hadn't used one in so long because everything's eighth inch here or I leave one in the right. device like my mixer. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah. has one that. in it. My interface yep. has one in it. Yeah, we, so we I have, have one right now. It. But for some reason, I like needed to grab one to take somewhere or do something with. And I couldn't find one that I wanted to sacrifice because, you know, sometimes you those things leave the house. They don't come back. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yes, Tara's great at her box where she keeps those things. The problem is me again, is that when I go to get the thing, do I put it back where it belongs after I'm done? I should. Do I always? I don't. Do I probably mostly not do it? Yeah, that's probably for sure. So (laughs) it's important to stay consistent with where you're going to put things. I'm saying this from someone who doesn't do that. I see that it's important and I need to make that go into my brain. And that's what we call a return to discipline. That's right. You just forgive yourself for what you did in the past. You move forward and you're like, no, I got this thing. I'm putting it where it goes. Exactly. Now I'm looking over here. So yeah, you know, we got, got our great flyers here. Uh, you know, a lot of the great hospital flyers, bunch of stickers, there's a section B flyer. I mean, it's just, there's just madness. Is this 12 volt or nine volt? Can this is it? for the, I believe this is for the external hard drive. So if go it ahead were labeled, that, you wouldn't have I'll to guess. It. See, the, we're learning in real time. The listeners are learning in real time. So I would go put that with the, with the. Yeah. And I'm just right now, I have a temporary box where I'm going to put a bunch of random cables until I find a more permanent home for them. But see, that's see now that we're getting dangerous there because all of a sudden well, we might progress. we might forget that is true. You know, we're not. I don't know if how 
100% complete we're going to be by the end of the day. It is a lot of work, but we're going to get really damn close. And I'll tell you what, when Tara puts these cables away, she's going to be rolling them up. Now, great. What is your cable roll-up style? Do you have those little Velcro things that you hold them? Do you have hangers? How oh, do you store your cables and how would you suggest someone does it properly? One of the first things, especially I think a lot of modular people already know this, but uh, cable fingers, I think they're sometimes called, uh, just a cable hanger. It's a series of tongs that sort of sticks out or a series of prongs that sticks out at has a couple different, two different widths between it, usually for thinner cables and larger cables. And getting one of those and mounting it in your studio, if you have the space, is great. Make sure to mount it high enough, because if you're going to hang a six foot cable on it, it's going to have to be above six feet, right? So, so make sure you, you hang it you, high enough. You hang them. You don't roll them up. No, so, remember his cable hanger in the corner. I'm, I'm, I, I know. I'm asking them for the listeners, Tara. Well, I, I might know some what? of these answers, but I'm leading the uh, conversation to. So the listeners are in on it. So yes, I do know how he does it, but Gray, why don't you tell everyone how you do it? For cables under six feet or under, I would say 12 feet or 12, you know, 12 foot limit. Cause you can fold it in half and hang it. I put stuff on the cable hanger, short cables. I usually keep together with a Ziploc thing, like patch cables for modular stuff. Right. I'll try to keep those together or in a, a container and longer cables get rolled. Usually Sometimes I have the Velcro things. Uh, you can get cheap kits of organizational stuff that will include like Velcro cable routes, those cable consolidators, those little like mesh accordion type things you can put around your cables. If you've got five cables running one direction. Uh, but I also will use the wrap and then tie around. I was in a band with an audio engineer before who, like grand <laughs> sound at clubs and the, I wrap cables the way he taught me to wrap cables, which is loop them and then take the loose end and tie a little uh, bowline knot. I think Tara it. just did that. Tara, we showed great. Is that what you just did with that red cable? I believe you did it the way that a sound guy would do it. Yep, that's perfect. Yeah, um, look well, at that. Okay, so here's the thing. On our first tour, a sound guy was watching me put our cables away, and he was like, your cables are going to be all curly. And I was like, yeah, our cables are kind of curly. And he goes, yeah, you're twisting them. Stop twisting your cables. He was like, unless you want them to stay curly. So he showed me how to loop the cables. And then he did that. And I didn't do it again until I saw Gray do it. Because I was worried that I was going to give the a kink in the neck of the cable. So I, I would just kind of gently do that. But I, I will say Gray reinforced that behavior in me. And then being um, mocked by a sound guy for my twisting of the cables. Because you know when you're looping them, you tend to twist them you know yeah so you have to be careful not to get them all all curly cue and 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 loop them uh as as you would be doing a bit of rope not um a telephone cord i, I say think of, just yeah. an overhand knot near near but not at the edge that the, the end that the jack is on so you don't want to do it too close because you don't want that area that's a high stress area where the jack meets the cable so you want to do it a little further up yeah um, but yeah I, overhand not really easy everyone knows well, it. i was gonna say i think i think a important lesson there is that mocking and shaming can be a good way go. to teach someone how to change their behavior uh so as learned from tara 
a sound guy mocking I, her. You know, but he had he had a point. He was right. Uh, and and also things with a point is that well, one, I have a, a cool rash now. Uh, of course, uh, I, we knew you were going to rash. I was going to get a rash. It's yeah. happening. Uh, and then uh, this is the part where I find all of the um, very thick skewers that I like to play with. And I love these skewers. If you're if you're playing, if you need a good scratch, uh, don't get the round bamboo skewers. Get the flat ones because then if you jam them in something and twist it, you get more sound and destruction, uh, and they don't roll off your table. So get the flat. But more importantly, the flat skewers, and then the for, ice picks for you for your purposes and for the purposes travel of travel ice picks. Lawrence Bitteker. You got to have the ice picks. So that's a good thing. But I like the travel ice picks because, you know, I'm sure we've all played with ice picks what before, you- but you want the type with a safety top. So when you throw them in your studio and you're reaching behind your computer, you don't stab yourself. But here's the thing, too, when you have the chaos like we do. See, I'm looking at this great pile over here. Oh, I found here. a contact mic. We found a, we found a, a one of the attacher contact mics that from Verdant Weapons. These are so great. I'm going to put these. that and oh, this other quarter-inch connector I found in my box. Is if we find our dead man's line that literally I, I watched like fall to the ground, I mean, probably over a year ago, and have never, ever found it again. So this is going to be really cool if we find that. But I just found the bumper sug- for our laptop. When you suggested this episode... I, I was like, they, they're going to find the dead man's line, the missing yeah, dead man's we'll, line. We'll find out here. <laughs> and then you Tara, have two. <laughs> Tara, will you hand me that pile of paper there? In the, yeah, so so here's the thing is that when you do have. I was going to go through that later. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that now because while, yes, we have so much chaos and so much mess in our studio, the thing is so much of it is awesome stuff. So, for example- Right here in this pile, the first thing on top, we got a sticker card uh, of the Iron Sheik, RIP, of course. You know it, Bubba. Uh, but, you know, so you got that. That's great. Got a mailed invitation, except it was actually, I, I don't even, it was a really special invitation uh, for a recording that actually is a mail, a, a, a piece of paper inviting uh, Yellow Gas Flames to for a comp. So... Uh, that's really cool. So that's just sitting there, but really cool, right? Uh, then we have, let's see here, some great, some hospital flyers, Twilight Zone flyer. It's never too early to start celebrating Halloween flyer. Great. Here's some Severin, Intervision, and Hospital stickers. I would say next to Verdant, Kindritic, and and other hospital stickers, you know, the most stickers that we have around, but always love them. Got them on plenty of things. Okay, what do we got here? Departure chandelier flyer. Fantastic. Uh, a postcard from Scott Kinberg, who I know Gray gets the uh, postcards. Yeah, uh, from I keep him. all those together Great now. stuff, right? Great stuff. Cult of Youth flyer. Fantastic. I just found a whistle. Here's some copies of Special Interest. There you go. So fantastic there. Oh, here's a couple letters from Rogue State. Uh, that's great. Oh, here's a wedding invitation of a wedding that we will be DJing. So that's exciting too. So, you know, oh, and oh, here I is- I found the rats are coming, the were- werewolves are here sticker oh. and a uh, column sticker. Oh, I just dropped a bunch of band oh. camp uh, d- download codes for initiation services. That So there you go. Had a stack of those that I just dropped. Here, someone, a great listener, sent us a, a, a photocopy of- an S-Core interview. I believe the one that is referenced in the special interest interview. 
And it's just a quick little thing with a great picture of the classic escort picture. I just found all these QR codes and I found a small box. So I'm going to put all the QR codes in this box. And then here's an initiation services uh, Christmas flyer. So the thing is, is that everything in here is great. It's just that it's not in any sort of order or organization. <laughs> it's just everywhere. But we're going to start changing that. We are going to start changing that. Now, great. Where do you keep your flyers, mailers, paper stuff that you get? Do you have a dedicated spot for that? Or is it like us where it's a bit everywhere? I have some small magazine boxes that I actually got from GX many years ago that I will put in sort of like those, I guess the Ikea ones or whatever, just Matt, you know, right. the yeah, cardboard we have those, magazine yeah. boxes. I have some smaller ones that are good for fitting zines and stuff. So a lot of inserts and weird stuff goes in there. But I have a just a couple baskets, like incoming mail basket things right. that a lot of the flyers and stuff get thrown into. And it's been on my to-do list for a long time to, I guess, scrapbook or find a like an archival photo book sort of thing. I can yeah. put those in where they'll stay secure because I keep a lot of that stuff. There's, we were talking when we did that, that episode about the B666 about how Zoe kept all those letters. Yeah. And you want a nice place to keep them. You don't want to keep them like in the bottom of a drawer where they get ripped every time you're looking for a cable or yeah, you don't for want to an keep adapter. Them on your messy table that you set the laptop on and then you set another thing on, then you spill something. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And Update, one of the lighters works out of four. There you go. So- What's also great, too, another inspiration is a uh, friend and former guest, uh, Sean Reagan, yep. has the great binders and then scans them so that yeah. not only does it have the physical, it has a backup, you know, so that it's just there. I oh, wonder if Mike needs these addresses. Let's see. Do I need these addresses? Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I These are two addresses that I do keep for some reason, even though, hey- I get packages from our orders from Richard Ramirez all the time, but I just think I need to save this one so that I have his address at all times. Okay. And we'll, it was just we'll, in the back we'll uh, behind our okay. monitors. So there you go. Why not no. uh, put in the flyer in the, yeah, absolutely. Put in the flyer, flyer okay. box. We're making a flyer box as this is happening. Great. If We're any of our this. listeners have a way they collect their ephemera flyers, stuff like that, that's better than stuffing it in a drawer or, so, you know, a box. Yeah. I would love to see pictures, get some tips, recommendations on some way to do it. A binder seems like a good thing. That, you know, we had, it seems like a great thing. Sell more chicken bones. When I was a kid, we had those photo albums that were like supposed to be, you know, whatever, nice paper. They were kind of tacky, though. Like the paper had some kind of light adhesive to it and then a plastic covering over it. But I wouldn't want to peel off any Xerox or anything of double sided stuff. So. I've just never figured out the right way to put this stuff together. Well, luckily, we just found in a very important receipt that is very yellowed and been there. A receipt from the Lion's Den in Iowa. You got to save your uh, receipt from, from the, the Lion's, Lion's Den. Den in Iowa. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. on our a drive home uh, from back uh, from Kentucky, driving back to California. What'd you buy? Uh well all kinds of stuff all kinds of, look it's a pretty it's a pretty oh yeah big, that's a lengthy receipt it's like a CBS yeah, it's a le- it was a really cool it's a lengthy I was a receipt big lion's den. you know stocked up on some some stuff. some discs hey, we don't need some, to go some, into some details. necessary uh, some things uh, things and equipment and we were driving across the states we you were know, in, we needed supplies we were in uh, Newton Iowa it looks like so See, look great seven, this is Mike's cable see how curly it is 
It's bad. It's bad. It's abused. So if anyone stops at 7717 Highway F, 48 West in Newton, Iowa, we've Recommend been to that lion's they den. they are sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. So good thing we saved that. Let's yeah, tell them Noise Extra sent you. That. Yeah, tell them, tell them Noise Extra sent you. <laughs> So it's all these things. And it was that, great because it was literally in the middle of a field. Yeah. Like seriously, it was in the middle of a just flat, empty field. And Lion's Den was the only thing you could see for like a mile. So, you know, we took that as a sign. So wait, Tara, are you, have you moved on to that pile of cables down there? Yeah, I have so, Gray, to. I'm standing on your pile of cables what, and they are so Let's abused. make sure to show Gray uh, and the disgust, the, you know, I'm disgusted at myself, I can't imagine what you guys well, feel. Well, also, an annoying thing is when you're like, where is this thing plugged in? And oh, there's that no is a earthly, mess. There's no earthly way of knowing where something is even plugged in because all the cables are laying on top of all of the... Um, is That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. It's crazy. They're laying on top of the, the power strips. So, And then there's like a chain of power strips, like eight long. Yeah, yeah, the, the chain of power strips and to the point where probably... They're not all needed, but it's just easier to plug in another power strip and then you just keep going. Have you considered getting power strips with longer cables? Well, we do. So so we have one oh, that's gray. super, super long that that's the that's the the central power strip. So that one shouldn't be the tape deck. Wait, hold that. Hold that tape deck. So we do have we have one power strip that has like a crazy long cord that is the main the mother power strip and then everything comes off that uh so yeah so the tape deck was part of the total spaghettification but the cool thing about the tape deck is that it actually has a place to put the cord we could just we have a really cool old school tape deck that sounds great it plays uh, out of the speaker like it you know Sometimes you need to record you, on cassette. It just like there are certain projects well, that, well, that, that just too, sound exactly. better on cassette. Well, absolutely. So not only can you record into it, but you can also just play it like a boombox, nice. which is kind of fun sometimes. We yeah. just, sometimes we we just sit it out and just play tapes like through that, and it just sounds. If you don't have any power, it's great. Well, well oh yeah, because that one technically, yeah, you could throw some batteries in there. So power outage, you're good to go. Now, do you? So one thing that we think is super important and have I've stated is super important, but obviously we've screwed up and gotten too far out is the, having the ability to, when you're ready to record, you're ready to go in under five minutes. How are you with that gray these days? As far as your setup is just ready to rock or do you have to take time to reconfigure and reset up? What is your zone these days? Everything in my studio is kind of run on a couple Furman power conditioners and power strips that have, it's like a master switch for a lot of that stuff. So when I go in, I can just flip stuff on, at least in the, in the rack and mixing area, which includes my audio interface, uh, focus rate 18, I 20. If I'm recording to that, I need to bring a laptop in. I need to make space for it. I need to bring the power in for it. So it's a little bit more of a hassle, but oftentimes these days, especially with what I've been working on lately, I'll just record to the Zoom H6. And so that has a power adapter plugged right in. I also have a battery for it that lasts forever, like a rechargeable battery that I plug in via USB. And then I've got a two track out from my mixer that I will just jack right into that. So my 16 channel mixer, there's eight direct outs sent to the Focusrite. So I can record any channel direct out from the mixer. 
and I can do sub mixing, whatever from there. And I also have a patch base set up that goes directly into all the channels of the mixer with my other stuff set up on the auxes. So it's really easy to go in and reconfigure. It makes a lot of sense to me, but I've had friends over trying to use the studio and it's not, doesn't make the most sense to them because that's not the way a lot of people work. Right. Right. So, right. But yes, I can, if I am making a sound, I, I can go, I got to record this and I can get up, grab the zoom. If it's not already sitting there from the last session and hit record in a matter of a minute or two. Yeah. And that's generally how we have been for a long time, though. And it's just, just gotten out of hand. And we aren't like that. I We're found trying another to get back to contact that. mic. What contact mic is that? I mean, it's whatever it is. It's from Gray. Well, we have way more than I thought, Gray. There are two hanging on the wall. I have two in my setup. I thought we had four, but there's that one. Where'd that come from? I, don't I know can't I can't see that one, so I don't know. I mean, it's, like, it's 100% it's from Gray. You don't it looks have, really fresh. It looks like a brand new one. It looks really nice. I haven't destroyed it yet. You got a new one before Nashville. I bet that's my new one. I bet that's the new one or something. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. I'll have to test it out later. Hey, look, this is, it's all happening. It's all very important to, wow. yeah. And, and look. I have, okay, let me count the, I, I am, I am almost to the end of the spaghetti. I found two four foot XLRs. I found uh, two six inch quarter inches. I found four eight feet to 12 feet uh, quarter inch cables. And oh, here's another one. I'd say this is a 12 footer. Uh, so that was that was a big pile. Yeah. Two two power cables. Yeah. And it's so great when you're like, God, I need another cable. We I'm, I ran out of cables. Oh, yeah. Apparently we have about 50 cables. <laughs> And they were just all buried in some spaghetti that, again, I did this. This is And then my the doing. other thing that we like to do, I'm sure everybody has done this before, just get a weird color cable so you can always be like that. Like my accordion, I always use a red cable. I'm a I big just, believer I know it's my cable. Like if somebody takes my cable, I know it's the red cable. Give me my red cable. Or get those weird, sometimes we get those weird fabric colored covered ones just because we know they're ours. It's funny if you get yourself some unusual cables one of the first things that i was buying when i started buying uh, more actual gear like way back when was these they were fender california cables and they were like oh. a colored Dude, cable yep. with a plastic wrap one. on yep. them yes uh with like a, yeah an acrylic plastic covering on them and they're all different colors i bought all mine in like different maybe the sizes were all different colors or i bought different colors for each size and it's funny how often uh cables migrate to your friend's setup when you jam together yeah <laughs> like, yeah and I then you have you those didn't little buy these california cables yeah <laughs> yep. and you can have those little flags on them you know like i love when people do that like with the tape i, I just need you to see this cable gray no tape on cables ever oh well look at that cable Look what I did. Nope. No you tape on cables sure? ever. Wait, wait. You don't think that tape with a bunch of like hair and dirt no, stuck to it is a good this, thing to do? Because the back is gone. Do you, Strange. You don't think we should. You, be, think you don't think I should do that? So I, th I thought have you different, just tape them up. So we have different levels of aptitude with like cable repairing or whatever. Right. But when I have a cable that like one of the plugs goes bad, I just solder a new plug. I cut it an inch off and solder a new plug on it. Instead of instead of putting tape on it. So I know some people don't have a soldering iron, don't have the stuff, don't have the decent jacks to do it with, whatever. But 
Uh, that wait, you don't no, wait. Pains wait a minute. Me. Cable cables with tape on them are only going to get gummy and sticky. Wait a minute. You, so you're saying that like the hair and dirt and gumminess isn't desirable for a cable? <laughs> I so mean, if that's saying? what you're going for, if it helps with the mood and the atmosphere of your recordings, then go for it. It does not. Now, Gray, I'm going to show you. So you, we showed you the incredible mess that I made that Tara is just about done cleaning up. I want to just show you just for example, and, and to let everyone know that, yes, this is mostly my doing. I'm going to show you Tara's gearbox, Gray. Okay. And you're going to see the difference of how. She puts her stuff away. And so she's got nice box. Everything fits really well. Here we go. I'm taking off the cover. We showed the this in the video. So anyone wants to see it, check out the video. But look, look at this. Oh, 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 oh. oh. So oh, here. I'll just do this. Oh, there you go. Let me help you. Look at that. It's so nice. Everything's wrapped up. Everything fits. Yeah, that's Look organized. That. Look are, at that. are those twist ties? Yeah, I use bread ties. I don't I condone have. the use of bread ties, but why? I why? I just hate them. Wait, Greg can't hear me. I forgot. I'm not in the microphone. I did use bread ties to do that. Oh, but wait, uh, but so, so so it's it's more of a aesthetic thing for you, not like an actual. It does something bad. No, it doesn't do anything bad. Oh, it's just aesthetic. I just find them obnoxious. Yeah, but did you see I how great them. Tara's look? No, it looks great. I just I'm yeah. just saying I don't condone the I use like of bread them. ties. Here's the thing. Those stupid uh, Velcro things, they get stuck in my hair and they pick up dirt and I don't like that. And then twist ties, I like how strong they are. So like twist ties are good for hanging all types of things. So I always have twist ties around because I love them and I save them. And you know what? They've never let me down for my cable setup, whereas Velcro makes me swear sometimes. Hey, I'm going to send you a link to a product that will change your existence. Always looking for that. Which is Night Eyes <laughs> Gear Ties. They are basically bread ties, but they are a thicker, flexible wire, and they are coated in rubber, and they have bright colors, and they are reusable, and you can wrap up anything with them. Oh, wait, them. I play with those in your studio all the time. We're always making little twirlies out of them. Playing with yeah, those, those are for these. wrapping up cables, and they're awesome. Oh, yeah, I love those things. Yeah, You should get some for yourself. What's this? What do you think this is, Mike? Let's take a look. I don't know. <laughs> that's a strange one so yes that's the other thing is you find once you start going through things you find really strange chords <laughs> that one is a weird what, one what do you right? think that's for well it's got uh black and yellow yellow is usually video and black i i would guess oh it's a tdk audio is that for a TDK camera Z cat maybe it maybe it's for a camera I'll save it. Yeah, there you go. Save it. <laughs> but we're putting it in something more manageable than just everywhere. I do have a what the hell is this cable bag, so. There. Now, now, Tara has really cleaned up the insane spaghetti pile, which I'm going to do everything to not uh, get back, and that is a box of blank tapes. Uh, and that's another thing. And now you have moved boxes to your office space now. Oh, there's but like man. three boxes of miscellaneous blank tapes in the trunk of my car right now. Dude, how unruly can that get? Because especially you, you know you have to you, you have to order a set amount that maybe you know you always want to have a little overage for any you know blank or, or, or broken tape or just you know you gotta have that little that little extra. So you end up 
with so many boxes of random extra tapes, five here, two here, 10 here, different lengths. It's a, it's a mess, but you're pretty good at organizing them. No, I'm pretty good at putting them in one place. I'm not good at organizing them. There's always this dream. I used to have this conveyor belt bulk tape eraser and I'm sure you probably remember that thing. I do remember that. Yeah. It got used for an installation and died, but it was, I mean, it weighed 80 pounds, so it was a little obnoxious to drag around, but really love that thing. And I would be able to erase tapes and reuse them. But now if I wanted to, if I found, say, collected 50 C30s from my miscellaneous blank tape box, I would have to either dub them all one at a time, which is an option, or find some way to erase all of them in bulk erase, which I don't have. So right, right, now right. I'm sort of in this, I don't know why I have these, but I have these. Yeah, exactly. And and there, we're, we're dealing with that. We actually, we're, we have a stack of those boxes here that we're going to be dealing with. You know, some of the wow, tape manufacturers I... used to be really good about printing the length of the tape on the top of the blank cassette. Right, they would all be stamped with like fifty-two. If you got some C fifty-two, oh right, oh that's, yeah, used to be that's like so that. nice. Seems to have gone the way of the dodo with the things yeah. I order now. That it's just the least effort possible going into some of this stuff. Where like I don't know what length these are. I just have to guess or know which box they came in because the box was labeled, not the tapes. The synths here in the studio are in a slight disarray now. With your studio, with so many synths. How readily available are those to just turn on and go like at the Vincent Synth Museum? Or do you do you have the ones you use and the other ones are are in the back and it can be pulled out? Or how is your synth set up in your studio these days? Small synths, uh, Behringer reissues, Microcon, anything of that size is on... I have these really nice steel racks that are like set of drawers. They're for industrial tools or something. They're great. They're great. I, I would like more of them. I love them when I see them uh, at a reasonable price, which I consider to be like 90 bucks. I'll buy them. But they they right. sometimes are like 200 bucks. And I don't know why. Just whatever availability on them. And I'll have to show some photos of those on the Patreon there. I think I've done a video of pulling them out before and showing those stuff, but they're really great. So I keep, they'll each fit about two cents. Plus you can put some tape decks or something on the side. So that those shelves will hold that. It's also where I keep most of my pedals, but the MS 20 SH 101 profit CS 15, the JV 2080, which is a rack synth of course is always available. A wasp is always available. And then the ARP odyssey sits up on a higher shelf, but I can pull it down if I need and then the rest of the stuff is accessible, but not ready to, right. to, I mean, it doesn't take long to, to pop it out and throw it on, but basically most anything with keys or that takes up a lot of space is set up permanently because you have to have a lot of space to store it anyway. So it makes yeah. sense to store it where you use it, but anything smaller is stored in an area where I can take it out set it up and put it away when I'm done. I like this approach to it. I'm not sure that it's perfect because like there's some stuff that just doesn't fit or have a home and you've got to kind of constantly shuffle. One oh, of the well, things I've been doing is keeping some gear on my, my main computer, which is where I do all this editing and where I do the podcasting from, which is in my living room. And that is face faces out the window nicely of our place and is 
has the Nord micro modular on it right now. So I can mess around with that while I'm sitting here and I've been bringing over some other synth stuff and just kind of sitting it in front of this instead of doing it in the studio, focusing more on singular sounds, sampling stuff, recording little bits with some gear. So there's some stuff like I could play a synth right now that's sitting in front of me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now we, Speaking of strange, I, I thought places I found the dead things. man's line, but I found a shaker box. Uh, you find find a crank surgeon uh, thing. So yes, we just found a bag of uh, uh, yeah of you. Okay, we got that. We just found a bag of cables and a crank surgeon uh, piece of gear and a preamp for a record player that we don't need TV anymore. Uh, uh, I don't know why the hell we have that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a TV antenna. For what? Dude, this is madness in here. This is absolute, complete madness. But we are making some headway here. Tara is taking care of it. Now, what about mailers, Gray? What do you do with mailers and how do you store those things? Cardboard box. I have a drawer outside my house. That's where I keep all the unused mailers. Outside your house? Yeah, it's a dresser. It's like under California the eaves, the overhang things. So I have something nice. I inherited from some older roommate that I don't want in my house. And so I just keep that outside. And if I need mailers, I go there. And then I keep a box of assorted mailers inside my house in one of the closets so I can do mail order from here. But I also have a million mailers, LP mailers, whatever, stored at my office from where I can do a lot of mail order there, too. As we have Is a that where you've printer. been doing mail order from recently or have you been doing it out of your home office? So I keep a small amount of stock at home, basically a couple of everything. So I can just do mailings from here and then re-up when I go to the office. But if I get a lot of orders or have a bunch to do, I will go there and pack stuff up. Right now, an exciting thing that's happening is that Tara has found the stash of pink bubble mailers. Now, if you've ordered from initiation services, you know that generally that is how you get your package. But these are too small for what we normally mm -hmm. do. So just, you know, what what most normal people would do would just return those, but I didn't. And is that why they were just crammed randomly under a table yep. loose? Is that is that what that. that was? And you didn't know I did that. I did not and know you did that. I'm a little see, shocked right now. Yeah. So so that's the thing is like it's I just, said, like great, we're making heads. We're making headway, Gray. I'm going to show you. I'm sweating. I'm going to grab a beer. Uh, I'm also going to grab a Finney in a minute here. Oh, wow. That is just a mess, too. Good Lord. Yeah, <laughs> none of, and, and those mailers are all too small for the tapes that we sent out. Now, it's not that I couldn't use them for, you know, something Other else. Other things. Yeah. So that is that is the insanity. I'm just full on sweating now. This is wild. All right. Well, we took a Ooh. quick break. You didn't even notice it. It just happened. We cut right here, and we've made a little... More progress. We actually moved one of the amps, one of the Roland amps, completely out right now because we need to. Hey, found a bunch of new cables. Forget found a power strip. Blue cable. Found a power strip. Found a Bodrum. Uh, found some some giant cans, big cans. Uh, and found found a keyboard. Uh, a thing. A double you, keyboard stand. Like a thing that you put up on the stand to give you the second. You can put your keyboard up. Because Never use Gray, that. Yeah, because Gray, one of the things we hold one of our keyboards up on is a music stand. A, like yeah, like a podium. But it's like a, but it's a, it's like it's super, super, uh, like it, it, it's it's very, very well made. It's, it's not quite just, sturdy. Yeah, it's not. It's very. That's the word I'm looking for. Sturdy. Oh my god, my banjo stand is back here. So Tara has a banjo stand back here, and now we're taking out 
Microphone? The, uh, oh, a microphone? What's this might be a decent microphone, I actually. Uh, so <laughs> we might have found a nice microphone. Do you? How do you keep your microphones? Are they all together? Or, or do you basically just have them plugged in, ready to go for podcasting? Uh, I have a, I have two boom arm mounting clamps on my desk here where we podcast mm. from now. I used to do this in my actual studio, which is they were clamped to like a folding table and it was just a pain in the ass and it meant moving everything every time I wanted to whatever. Right. So now I keep, I have two clamps mounted to my computer desk here. And one of them is behind where my monitors are. So I don't ever see it. And that's where I keep the mic when I'm not using it. And then when we go to do it, I grab it, move it up like a foot and a half and plug it into the other one. And then it's right here in front of me and I can, I can talk. So really easy. It's plays, Stays plugged in all the time for podcasting with the interface here. There's a Lexicon Omega interface that I use for the podcasting that I found at some thrift store and all it needed was a power supply and it worked just fine. So yeah, uh, yeah. halfway decent audio interface here for especially just for doing podcasting. And I can record straight into this computer from that too, which is really nice. Just any other inputs or synths that I happen to have here. And yeah, so that, but you know, when you buy decent microphones, they tend to come with cases, like little foam yeah. cases, little pleather case kind of thing. And so I have a few of those floating around that I just keep the mics in and then they all stay in a Tupperware with the other extendable boom arms and pop filters and all that stuff I use for the podcast. And then for doing noise stuff, it's I have some CB mics that I rewired with quarter inch cables that I use and just some, you know. I use tape decks a lot for vocals, stuff like that. Exactly. Well, we found uh, a drum and a wreath, Christmas wreath hanger with Christmas I bells. I knew on I it. got one. And yeah, here it is. You can it's hear got it? jingle bells Why don't on you it. Why you pull that drum up? Well, and I have this thing. This? Do what? Got, got, a, got a drum. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we found that back there. Oh, you, and, and it, I, isn't it insane how much ukulele. can be back here in such a small space? It's ridiculous. I'm uh, yeah. not sure how this happened. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. Look, this and we're, it's, and, it we're it's a, I, I'm it, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of what I let this get to, and we're just being honest for the noise extra. You know what? I'm impressed. Honestly, I'm impressed at how efficiently we tucked so much stuff away. And generally, I've tried to have this policy because I like to play junk for noise, and that is only you know have it have it contained like into one can or one box. And uh, it, it seems that I have not been adhering to that policy because I just found a bunch of toilet paper tubes. Uh, or coffee to can. Paper towel tubes, yeah. Coffee can is my, one of my favorite noise instruments right now. And I keep like bailing wire chains and bolts and screws and stuff in one. But I've also been collecting pieces of metal I find around. So I've got some like rusted steel, rusted steel tube. Found what looked like a piece of someone's exhaust the other day while for a walk. <laughs> That's nice. Threw that in the trunk. Yeah, you know, it never hurts to just collect some scrap metals outside. Outside near the thing of mailers, the drawer of mailers, oh. it's a bunch of symbols I claim from the trash at an old practice space I used to have. Just broken symbols. Always good to have that kind of stuff around. Always, always good. Well, we're at that spot now where. 
it the the progress that was being made now it feels like we went backwards you know when, when in that point of cleaning when now everything has been taken out and you're sorting where it's going to go but now it looks worse yep i you know that zone i've been there for about six months yeah oh well so <laughs> the you're like i'm gonna be doing <laughs> yeah. this the rest of my life zone yeah so we're at that zone right now where everything is completely more chaotic but you have to keep reminding yourself no this is part of that process we're pulling everything out looking at what's important and we're gonna put these away properly and we're going to do, do we got the triple R bag sitting right there beautifully. So I think this might be a good time to, we're going to continue our cleaning. And then the, for the extra segment on the noise extra will be the conclusion video. We're going to show you how we did the progress we made. So you can watch how it was before it's at complete chaos stage. Now, maybe we'll even do a quick video to show the complete chaos stage of pulling everything out. And then we're going to try to, as best we can put things back together in some sort of order, but this has been a great way of rethinking about how to set up a studio, especially in a small place. I would assume that most people have small spaces that they're working with their studio and it's about efficiency and it's about not getting, not clogging it up, which is really what happened. We clogged this up with so much crap mm -hmm. and, and so much great stuff, not even crap, but it's just, we need to put that great but stuff. But that happens. You come back from tour, you lay everything down, you do a recording session, you don't put everything back away in an efficient way. And, you know, sometimes you just need a reset and, you know what? This is this is our reset. And it's been a lot of fun doing it with you, Gray. We've been look showing it. You we I showed you my spaghetti pile of noodles. I I laid it on the line for you. I knew that you would be disgusted. I knew that Tara has been disgusted. You know what? I've been disgusted, self-disgust. <laughs> and I'm gonna get out of that circle and get organized in the studio. So maybe everyone for the summer, get your studio organized. We got a lot of recording to do this summer. We got a lot of stuff lined up that we need to just start going for. And we need to be able to go, hey, it's time to record. Hit a switch and let's go. That's everyone's goal this summer. Let's all clean our studios. Let's get organized. No more sick cycle of corruption. Absolutely not. Well, great. This has been fun, dude. Just kind of cleaning and talking and talking through it. For sure. It's inspired me to head back into my studio. Well, there you go. I love it. You get back in there. Listeners, go in your studios. Let's all get organized this summer and have a noise summer where we just record and go insane in our great, newly organized studios. What do you say, Tara? What do you say, Gray? Let's do it. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Make sure to check out the video to see the progress that Tara and I have made. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noiseextra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.